bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Welcome to the Wife Savers Podcast, where multi-award-winning author and global marriage educator Ramona Zabriskie provides answers to your real wife questions. Our goal is to help you appreciate your womanhood, prioritize your personal development, and craft a powerful partnership with the man in your life. Hi, I'm Hannah Allen, and I'm proud to introduce my parents, Ramona and Dale Zabriskie. And yes, this is how they talk all the time. Let's listen. Hi, this is Dale Zabriskie, sitting here with Ramona Zabriskie. Hello. Hey, my wife of 41 years, we're actually just a few days away from the actual number, the actual date of 41 years. 41. That sounds sort of lame to me. 41. 40 was a big deal. Yeah, that's right. 41. 41. (laughs) It's 41. It's 41. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, five years ago, now maybe almost six years ago, you wrote a book called Wife for Life, The Power to Succeed in Marriage. And I just want everybody to know that, um, you know, I'm a featured character in that book. <laughs> and, I love how uh, you've always called yourself that. And, uh, you know, you're the expert, uh, but, you know, you wouldn't be the expert without featured characters, you know, to write about. How true or to is work that? On. I, <laughs> I had to have somebody practice on. That's right. I try out all, all my theories on and... You've been a good sport, honey. That's been a ride. <laughs> been a good ride. And you were a really good sport about me writing about you. In the book. That's true. You'd come to me and say, can I tell this story or can I say this? And pretty soon I'm just like, yeah, whatever. It's I know. Right. That's amazing. You even pass out the book to work associates and stuff like, <laughs> I don't care what you know about me. <laughs> you know what's really funny? I was with an aged, we're going to talk about in-laws today, but I was with an aged uncle, just a, I don't know, the book had been out for a couple of years or something. And he came to me and he took my hand and with so much compassion and genuine concern, worry for me even. He took me by the hand and he said, I am so sorry about that str- those struggles you had in your marriage. <laughs> I didn't know or I would have helped or something. And yeah. I thought, well, I hope you read the whole book, Uncle Mac, because yeah. it, <laughs> it all turns okay. out really good. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I think he was stuck somewhere in the middle. <laughs> but anyway, we are raw. We are real. Yeah, Everything we up. talk about is from very much from our own study and experience. Well, I think it was telling a, a friend of ours who is uh, at the time uh, an unmarried uh, woman in her 30s mm-hmm. read the book and said something to the effect of that she was really surprised of how much I think she used the term failure went into a successful marriage. I use that quote all the time because I love it. It's so true. It's It's just life. We're all going through life. And sometimes you have to drag your mother-in-law with you uh, (laughs) through life. (laughs) And yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Because in our last episode, last week, you asked me a question about whether women or men, wives or husbands, struggle more with the mother-in-law issue. And I I had to admit that I didn't 
really know. I didn't have any statistics. I only knew what I saw on television, right? <laughs> well, so, it's got to be right. It's on television. I went and... Uh, <laughs> now you've, it's got to be right. It's it on right. the internet. <laughs> but you did some research. On the internet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, found out that studies have proven, not proven, that's not studies the right word. Show, studies show. Studies indicate, show. Studies suggest. Yes. That 60% of women have troubles with their mother-in-law. Okay. 60%. 60%. How do you think about that? I think it's a little low. Do you? <laughs> from what I hear, from what I read on the internet. Oh, <laughs> no. I think 60% is too high. It is, obviously. It's a and big number. And yeah. maybe our podcast will bring it down a few percentage okay. points. That's the, the, whole, the whole gist of it. Because... This is a, if we're in a lifelong marriage, that means we're in a lifelong relationship with yeah. our husband's family because we inherited them. And we talked about that last week. We talked about dealing with extended family, especially in extended family gatherings over the holidays. But today we're going to focus in on the one person in that extended family and your in-laws as a wife that has the most potential for impacting your life for good or or ill. <laughs> That's right. And I think in most cases, unless there's some real serious personality problems, disorder, something going on, that most women can move that dial towards the good. And by the end of our conversation, that's where I hope we're going to get. Okay? So good. a little hope there. <clears throat> so... Here's the wife savers question that not only did the podcast uh, last week when your question prompt me to talk about this today, I got this email this morning. This morning? Yes. Wow. Today. Okay. And here it is. I've been absolutely soaking up your wisdom from the podcast. I have to... I could have cut that, but I really wanted to say it. Uh, Faithful listener question. Yes. And I'm excited to keep enjoying more wisdom as a new Wife Savers member. I had to keep that part in, too, because we want everybody to join our Wife Savers education membership so I can personally be a lot more involved with you and be your mentor that way. Anyway, she says, thank you for your work. Your voice is so appreciated in an otherwise husband bashing all about me world. Mm. That's uh, I never want to be accused of husband no, bashing. Not at all. <clears throat> you I, don't have a mark on you. Nope, nope. All no the marks scars. on me are self-inflicted. So, uh, <clears throat> so 16 surgeries and some other stuff. To <laughs> yeah, show. but I had nothing to do with those <laughs> that, surgeries. No, that's right. So here, here's her question. She says, the holidays are upon us, and I would love to hear any wisdom you have in regard to dealing with in-laws. So they've been married about six years, and she says this topic comes up over and over. Yeah, and Lisa's got up at least six times. She's <laughs> <laughs> Every Christmas. So that she, it's gotten to the point where she doesn't even want to go to that family's home for Christmas. I'm kind of summarizing her in-laws home for Christmas and it's really driving a wedge between them. What's the issue? Here it is. Can you guess? My stepmother-in-law. Oh, can, it's a stepmother-in-law. Yes, oh. but she still counts as a mother-in-law. Sure, because, sure, sure, sure. But it does add dynamics. Yes, my mother-in-law can be mean. 
She is often mean to her husband and he does nothing about it. She freely speaks her mind. No one challenges her, you know, on and on and on. And she says, uh, she talks about how she corrects the children, her the her children, her the letter writer's children. Writer, yeah. children. Oh, you know, there's a list of complaints in this letter. And she said, in one of our discussions about these issues, he said he would love to spend more time with them and welcome every opportunity to do so. Her husband would wow. love to spend more time with them. In that way, I'm sure he sees me as the obstacle mm-hmm. between him and spending more time with his family. I have got to develop some conflict strategies to learn how to deal with her. I'm more than open to any advice here. In the meantime, how do I address this? And how do I address this with my husband? She asked specifically, and I'm going to, I hate to do it, but we can't cover everything in this in this one podcast episode. So first of all, I'm going to encourage her to join the Wife Savers education membership because we're going to learn how to develop that relationship with her husband where she can have this kind of conversation well, in a very is. productive way. She said she is. Oh, you're right. Okay. So, so okay. she's just going <laughs> to keep right. going in her wife's savings. Right. She's going to learn all of that. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. And, but she's also, I mean, we'll, we'll come back to this maybe even next week about what to do when you have this kind of, um, conflict with your husband where you don't see eye to eye mm-hmm. on something that's mm-hmm. really important to one or the other. So it's not just uh, relationships with uh, extended family, like we talked about last week, and now oh, specifically right. uh, the MILs, the mother-in-laws It all comes uh, this back week. to your relationship with your husband. Yeah. Just and like so how to deal with those. Everything does in the end. Because conflict's going to exist. Yes. You know? And I think the first thing is realizing that just because you have conflict doesn't mean you have a problem in your marriage. Right. It's just learning how to You're deal with ahead. it. You're jumping ahead. Let's talk about that next week. That's yeah. a really good point. Um, so what I'm hearing in her letter that concerns me the most is the fear. She's Yeah. There's there's fear. Trepidation. There's insecurity. <laughs> That's uh, her relationship with her mother's on very tenuous. Mm-hmm. Uh, ground because they both have a lot of fear and insecurity and I think her mother-in-law has more than she really understands. And we'll get to that. But what's her fears? I think her fear may be of losing her sovereignty. If you saw the list of things that she wrote out, that she, her the behaviors of her mother-in-law, and every time she feels threatened, our letter writer, every time she feels threatened, she's afraid. She's mm. afraid of something. So she's afraid of losing her sovereignty. Have we talked about this before? A little bit. I think, but in this instance, you're going in, especially if you're going to the other home, right? Yes. You're going into a different environment yes. where you can lose control. Right. Big your time. sovereignty is your, you know, I have a right to the way I raise my children. I have a right to the way I dress. I have the right to my opinions and my beliefs. And that's another issue here, by the way. I have have a right, I have a right as a woman. I, you know, this is my kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's how we really want to feel. And whenever we feel threatened that way, like it's starting to be eroded or stolen away from us, we kind of, and this is what I think is going on here. But that's another whole thing we're going to cover in the Wife Savers Education Membership. So um, we'll get, we'll get to that. And I want to be sure that she and everyone else who may have an issue like this, a a difficult mother-in-law in in particular. And by the way, 
if it, you don't really have a difficult relationship with your mother-in-law, what we're going to talk about today still very much applies to you because wherever you're at in the relationship, you can take it up. It can be better. And, and I think, I know, you know, being... Uh, being a father-in-law, being a mother-in-law, yes, you are, right? I am a mother. We've been through that now for, I mean, mm-hmm. gosh, many, 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 many years. Many, many years. Yes. There's always going to be things that come up. I mean, you can have the best yes. relationship, but th- this Be- this that's what relationships idea are. Yes. of sovereignty, I think, is really interesting. Uh, that gets mm. trampled on by certain situations without meaning to, you know, just kind of <laughs> happens. So, so yes. these ideas, these yes. concepts, will be really, really helpful. You said without meaning to, and I really. That's something we've got to emphasize. Like we do every time we talk about anything, any kind of issue, we always start with trying to understand where the other mm-hmm. person, whether it's our husband or now our mother-in-law, where they're coming from, where they're really coming from, because we got to get past the fear. If we understand where they're coming from, we'll start to understand that they're not really out to hurt us. It would take a sort of mean-spirited yeah. person. I mean, there, there are some of them out there, but for the most yes, part, I'm that's sure not the there case. Are, yeah. I'm sure there are. But I, in the majority by far of relationships, you've got a mother-in-law who doesn't mean to be mean, mm-hmm. who doesn't m- mean to undermine you, hurt you, upset you. Just like you said, things happen. People say things. They don't really mean. I love that word mean. It has so many. We've used it so many (laughs) different ways. And our goal, now this might sound way out in left field right now, but I believe it with all my heart. Our goal has to be to love them as much as your husband loves them. Mm. That, yeah, that's you know a big why, ask for some. Uh, you know, yeah, others, you know, I just got to survive this. Right. Well, you're talking about decades. Is mm-hmm. that the best you want it to be? Just survive? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, we're going to survive. We, we got to learn the techniques to begin with. We can't jump from being really hurt to being in love with someone. That's for sure. But there is a way to bridge that gap over the years. It may take years. It may take decades. I'm going to show you the path for that and an example of that, actually. So we want to try and love them as much as our husband loves them because otherwise you're a competitor. You're going to always feel in competition with your mother-in-law. And if you're in second place... It, That's even worse. That marriage won't survive. Yeah. Or happily anyway. So interesting. So you're saying that as a wife, to focus on loving the mother in law as much as you love the husband. Or no, no. As no 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 no. No much no, as no. Okay, that's, <laughs> I always love my husband most. Okay, good. Loving your mother in law as much as he as does much as he will does. be your ultimate goal. Yeah. Okay. Not your immediate goal, but your ultimate goal. And and that really helps you in as a couple address those issues as they come up because you're more um together and more solidified about it yes yes down the road when you yes if he feels like you're not a competitor if she feels like you're not a competitor if you don't feel like you're not a competitor you're an insider not an outsider who wants to be an outsider in that threesome (laughs) ugh ugh we want our husband to declare his loyalty to us with all his heart and to stand up to his mom and 
I haven't ever seen that really happen. In all of my experience in working with women, many women complain about that, about their husbands. We can force that to happen. We can badger him and and talk our heads off, trying to rationalize with him. It's me or her. We, we can throw down ultimatums, everything. That kind of approach only gets you so far. Mm-hmm. It never is going to have a really happy outcome. And that's what I want. That's what I want for all of my mentees and students and listeners is a really satisfactory, even a, a happy outcome for any relationship. And I maintain there's only really one way to achieve that ever. And it's sort of coming in the back door instead of battering down the front door. So <laughs> like a SWAT team. All right. And that's how that's what we're going to do. And it starts SWAT with, team with my mother-in-law. I <laughs> contemplate that one. For a you listen bit. here, lady. Right. Call 911 right now. <laughs> well, we're, get, we're not going to do it that way. We're going to begin with understanding just like we always do. And that means not buying into all those mother-in-law stereotypes, those jokes that are out there everywhere. Now, I can see it in your face. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They're already bubbling up from the depths. All those Rodney Dangerfield jokes, you know, about the mother-in-law. Do you have those memorized? Yeah, well, you know, the, the one that just came, it's oh, funny no, that you I'm, said I'm that. not asking you to say Oh. Go oh. ahead. You've well, got the my mother-in-law fell into a wishing well, you know. <laughs> Who knew those things worked? Oh, so that was no. the... No, no, no. Da, da, da. Anyway, <laughs> I haven't talked to my mother-in-law in two years. I don't like to interrupt her. <laughs> so anyway, okay, that's that's all the jokes. We'll right, do. but those stereotypes, yeah. uh, th- that's where that comes from. And, and we think of a mother-in-law as being clingy or to her son and not being willing to share him yeah. and so they're overbearing or vice versa sometimes <laughs> <laughs> overbearing um interfering controlling yeah that's what yeah. that's the you sovereignty see, issue, you see a lot you know? of manipulation going on uh, okay well that's right. what women are reading into things yeah yeah manipulation yeah. undermining yes, right. being really inter- intrusive into her family see again sure. it's coming back to this idea of sovereignty i own my mm-hmm. this is my kingdom mm-hmm. it's mine now sorry mom but this is my guy now these are my children my way of doing yeah. things so uh so if you're going to, we got to get past those stereotypes and and i know my own daughters-in-law have confessed to me that they went into their marriages afraid of me. Mm-hmm. I really hadn't done anything yet to upset them or to justify their fear, but because of these kind of stereotypes that they'd grown up with, that society had taught them, they were scared. I think that's probably true of, of most uh, brides, right? Of, of now starting the relationship. They're, they're a little insecure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So So the truth is, what is her desires? What are her intents? Well, probably she, like we say, she doesn't want to be mean spirited all the time. What does she want? She wants to be loved like every other woman on the planet. She wants to be loved. She wants respect and she wants to be part of the lives in that home. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's the deal. There is no course 
to become a mother-in-law. I don't even know of a book or magazine (laughs) that says, here's how to be a mother-in-law. Maybe there's something on the internet. I haven't looked. Probably not a bestseller, though. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) I should write one. Because mother-in-laws don't need to (laughs) think they don't, you know, they don't, I don't need to learn that. I'm good. But they learn as, no, I think a lot of women would like to know. They don't want to make the missteps. But yeah. you have to learn as you go, and it's an emotional process of yeah. letting go of your yes. son and maybe some of your preconceived dreams. And women, if you've got sons right now and they're little toddlers or teenagers even up to teenagers, start preparing yourself <laughs> to be a mother-in-law and to let go. If your if your son marries, he you've done you've done your job, and if he marries happily, you've done your job well. Mm-hmm. We want him to be more connected to her than he feels to us anymore. And do you know what? The night before our second son was married, Mm -hmm. and he and I were very, very close all his life. We sat on the edge of his bed, and he put his arm around me, and we both cried. And he said, Mom, you're not the one I'm going to tell my secrets to anymore. Wow, how'd that make you feel? That was hard, wasn't it? I said, son, I know. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I thought, and that is right. Right, yep. That is right, and I've done my job. And that was a very definitive moment Mm -hmm. for me. (laughs) It's It's a great moment that you'd hope most of those relationships could have because it sets things off for the future, right? right? It helps set the yes. the culture and the relationship. Yes. And, and, you know, good for him yes. to see that and yes. good for you to prepare him that way. But then to have that conversation, that's that may be lacking in a lot of uh, mother-son uh, relationships. Well, what's interesting is I didn't instigate that conversation. Yeah, no, that's right. That's what I'm saying. He, he did. did. Yeah, exactly. What a mature young man he was at the time. Yeah. Now, you would think that because we had that conversation, everything's been hunky-dory yeah. between <laughs> right. me and daughter-in-law in the many years since. And I'm here to tell you, no, Mm-mm. of course not. Just like you said, you know, that's not how relationships really work. There are always things to work through. Right. I'm thinking of the importance of being earnest. And there's a wonderful <laughs> line in there. I can't remember it exactly, but it's something about, you know, before they call each other sister, they call each other a lot of other things mm-hmm. first. Right. And so before she could really call me mother and embrace me like a second mother, which is the relationship that we have now, mm-hmm. these many years later, we had to go through a lot of things, figure out a lot of things together right. through the years. Right. So don't expect anything less than that. And now here's the question. Um, who is really responsible then for moving that process along? I think it's... Is it mother or daughter? Mother-in-law or daughter? I think it's daughter. You're looking at my face. Did I? I no, you, no, no, no. Did I give you the answer somehow? No, but I mean, it, <laughs> but, I mean, everything we've talked about to this point, it, you know, yes, it well, really is. It would be sh- okay. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. In this particular question, this letter writer, if she's the one who's so concerned about it, it's really bugging her, and she said, "I am open to any advice you can give me," didn't she? Mm -hmm. I mean, she's willing to learn the skills. She is accepting, she should accept, the responsibility to be the agent of change. 
and not would you say in in your work that a lot of women expect their husband to be the agent of change? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not not the mother-in-law right. who said, you know, who you got to do this and, you know, right. expect now, the mother-in-law to do listen, certain things. Your husband is your partner. <clears throat> and so I don't see anything wrong with keeping him abreast of no, how sure. this process is going. Sure. And maybe getting his insight and advice along the line. But, but to, to put the whole yeah. ball of this. wax yeah. on his back right. is un. Fair and unrealistic. That is a very confusing. My son saw the line very clearly, but even he, through the years, has sometimes felt wa- himself mm-hmm. wavered, stuck in the, the middle. Right, because his wife is saying, "You go tell your mother this," and he's and he tries to defend me to her, yeah, and vice versa. And then she gets offended. Right. You're not doing my son, right? You know. So we haven't had any major, major fallouts or anything like that. But even so, through the years, that that magnetic, what do they call it? <laughs> magnetic north? Magnetic field, it, the magnetic compass. Yeah, he yeah. gets a little confused. Yeah. So Which it's not, it's, it's really not fair. So here's the deal. Who's responsible? Well, let's say who's not responsible, who you don't want to be responsible, is the person who is the most relationally challenged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got I've got a letter writer here. I've got a mentee. I have a student who is studying relationships by listening to the podcast, by taking her wife savers membership very seriously, and going through the lessons and working it out and working with me. Who's the most relationally astute? Between her and her mother-in-law. Yeah, sure. It probably is her right now. Not only does it mean the most to her, she has the most skills in her pocket. So we don't want the person who's the most depressed or the most anxious or the most insecure to lead this relationship. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. So I guess I'm just saying step up, step up. Daughter, daughter-in-law, take the responsibility to make things happen, to make things better in that relationship with your mother-in-law. And we're going to replace the fear with the love. That's what we're going to do. We've talked about that in the past, replacing fear with love. Mm-hmm, absolutely. All right. How do we do that? Here's, here's. aren't you dying to know? Aren't you pins dying and, to pins know? Pins and needles right here, if that's me. <laughs> You're going to love this. I think... Um, as I reflect back on my development of my relationship with my mother-in-law, it went in stages. And I think that's right. Mm-hmm. So sure. the first stage, you had got a newlywed. In fact, I pulled out of the archives <laughs> this question that I got from a newlywed years ago. Ramona, dear Ramona, I'm a newlywed and I'm not sure how much of a relationship I should have with my in-laws, but my husband keeps encouraging me to reach out to his mother, especially what is the best approach for my marriage? Yeah, you can you can certainly feel how uh, insecure and especially as a newlywed, a younger person, right. perhaps uh, challenged with how do I talk to this Yes, person and, that and should and should my husband to? be the only one yeah. that talked to her? How close should I be if I let her in right. too much? Is she going to start taking over with that fear of sovereignty being lost and so forth? Well, guess what? There's some real statistics on this. Hmm. <laughs> in the first year of marriage, if men feel close to their mother-in-law, there's 20% less chance of divorce in the future. So if the man 
feels close to the his, wives. Right, to his wife's, wife's mother. mother. Okay, interesting. There's 20% less chance. That's in the first year. In the first year. So, okay. So that's a good for anyone who's in my generation that does have a sons-in-law that your relationship with your son-in-law is important to your daughter's marriage. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 20%. But here's the kicker. It's exactly the opposite for a woman. So the woman's relationship with her mother-in-law, if she the is husband's too mother. close to his, his mother, it increases the chances of divorce by 20%. If she's too close to his mother. Yes. Wow. Now, you're going to say, what? Yeah. Ramona, you just said I'm supposed <laughs> to love her as much as my, as my husband loves her. Here. Hmm. This study was only in the first year. Mm-hmm, right. So how I read that, and actually the the researchers read it the same way. If she is too intent on pleasing her mother-in-law in that first year, pleasing and appeasing or imitating or... Trying to be the woman that she always saw for her if she's trying thing. too hard, her priorities are in the wrong place. Mm. She's neglecting her own marriage. She's more worried about pleasing her mother-in-law than her husband. Mm. Yeah, She's spending can... too much emotional energy <laughs> in that camp. That's what increases the, the chance chances of divorce. of divorce. Yeah, totally. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. And it all comes, why is she doing that? Why is she trying so hard? Because she's insecure, Mm -hmm. because she's afraid. So here's my advice. In the first stage of building a relationship with your mother-in-law, you want to focus actually on building a relationship with your spouse, prioritizing that relationship so that the two of you get really solid on the same page. What do we want our lives to be like? What do we want our family culture to be like? What traditions are we going to establish in our home? You know? Do you, do do you we- think that uh, most couples are purposeful that way or not intentional that way? I, I don't think so. Yeah. You think that they just kind of, oh, we're married and here we go and we're doing this and doing that rather than really yeah. just sitting down and talking about these things. And then three, four, seven years later, guess what? Yeah. They come to Ramona. Help! <laughs> Because they didn't have that yeah. kind of intentional so, conversation. Yeah, so those... But you know what? A lot of it, a lot of it is just trying things. Well, sure. You have to, you have it's to an meld and you have to conversation. evolve. But the idea of being purposeful in the communication and the conversation uh, about the goals, you know, we want, right. what do we want to achieve? What do we want to be well, like? Well, hopefully that happened before they were even married. Yeah. And then it just continues. It just has on to continue because that, of the evolution of those relationships. And there's a lot more hope of that if they'll read Why for Life to begin with. <laughs> Really? Yeah, get some structure right. around it. But unfortunately, a lot of young women think that they don't need yeah. that kind of um, education early on. They just are so bubbly happy and think they're different. And that's why I've written Five Lies We Tell Brides and Five Truths That Save Wives. It's for all of us, those brand new wives, but it's also for all of us to look back and say, where did I go wrong? How did we get off on the wrong foot? Why are we at where we are now? That ebook is free and it's at wifesavers.org. Piece of cake to get it. Absolutely free. Everybody loves it. Five Lies We Tell Brides. 
Okay, so in this first stage, then we're focusing on getting on the same page with our husband and also we're setting boundaries in a sense that way. First, we have to identify what's even important to us. Right. So everybody talks about setting boundaries, right? That's right. <laughs> and it's it's a healthy thing, obviously. We have boundaries keep resentment from building and so forth. But I I always like to take us up a little, think a little higher. And that is that if you're thinking of boundaries, what I'm thinking of fences. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Fences. Right. Okay. So a fence, yes, it shuts people out, but it also clarifies this is the property line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking of your boundaries as a way to shut out your mother-in-law or anybody yeah. else, especially, let's stick on to the mother-in-law thing. So this is not a general boundaries discussion. This is about your relationship with your mother-in-law. So if you're thinking about boundaries as a way of shutting her out or keeping her out and you're... I don't want to be all confined to my little corral mm-hmm. for the rest right. of my life because right. I'm afraid to go outside because she's <laughs> out there. Right. Yeah, don't go out, especially in dark. <laughs> don't go over the line. I'd rather think of my boundary as that clear delineation that makes it very clear to both her and I, this is mine or this is what's important to mm-hmm. me or to, better yet, to us yeah. as a couple. Yeah, because right? if, you, if you look at it as being to keep something out, You've right. essentially locked yourself in. Right. right? Yes, exactly. It's, and it, all you have is your little space to operate right. in. And yeah. That's not going to work long time, so, long term. No, no, so. no, no, no. So let's look at, let's look. Now, not only that, let's think of our fence or our boundary. What kind of fence is it? We're going to identify what's. Electrified, barbed wire. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> We're going right. to identify how important the issue is to us. So if if you're in this conversation yourself, you can do this in your own journal or you can do it with your husband where you sit down and you go, okay, what are the things that irritate us about or that irritate me? You can open up to him and say, these are the things that really bother me about your mother-in-law or that I worry about or I'm scared, my your mother. Um, you can write out together what those might be, but now really think about it. How important is it? Yeah, I mean, do you want to post these on the fridge? For, One, for, yeah, for Martin Mom Luther's ten, right? <laughs> the theses. <laughs> okay. No, no, we're writing them down because what we want to, this is helping us identify our fence because it's mm-hmm. helping us identify what's important to us. So we're going to number it one to 10. Is it a 10? Mm-hmm. That's really important to us. If it's a one, yeah. Right. So maybe so, an irritation, but not a big I, deal. I first learned this from Matt Townsend. I got to give him the credit. So if you've got a one through a f- one through five on an issue, throw it away. Mm. It'll brush it off. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Don't, no, don't don't go <laughs> frozen da, 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 on me. Da, 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 da. Yes. <laughs> Let it go. One so it's the six five. through tens that really well, matter. I think it's the seven through ten. Okay. The sixes are kind of. On the fence. The <laughs> That's right. Which way are you going there? <laughs> you, they're optimal. Optim, not optimal. Optional. 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 <laughs> Optimally optional. Sixes are optional. Okay. All right. So you can do with them what you want. You can make them a fence, a boundary, or not. So in that case, here's our fence. Is it is it a rock fence? You know, like the kind you see. Where do you see rock fences? Well, 
Well, I remember them in England. The, and a lot of them in New England in the United mm-hmm. States because the the ground up there is so filled with rocks they couldn't farm it. Uh, so you had to take them all out and they have these big boulders. And what do we do with them? Oh, let's define property. Those, those things last forever. They do those last Those things are really deep important to you. Yeah. So maybe it's that kind of fence, but maybe it's a white picket fence that really is just not so unpleasant to live with or look at, really. <laughs> it just keeps it clear that this is where the front yard starts, right? Mm-hmm. And then it could be your boundaries more just like the edging of your lawn. So a change. Where from, the sidewalk begins. Yeah, right. You got to decide what kind of boundary based on how important it is, how flexible you can be. And guess what? Those things are going to change. I remember my daughter-in-law setting some, what she called boundaries, <clears throat> with me. But they've changed totally. Yeah, they they, they will evolve. Being, she originally um, said, we are not going to have dinner with you every week or whatever. <laughs> this is important to me that I have my family and that's just too much togetherness altogether. <laughs> and, but that changed uh, through through the years and we had dinner sometimes many times a week. Yeah. It just depended because both of us felt better about it. Both of us got more and more secure mm-hmm. with one another mm-hmm. through the years. And that's where we're going. That's where we're going. But the stage one is important. It is important to Define. create a sense of safety. Right. And definition. And security. Right. And definition and so forth. Now, how do we communicate those boundaries. That's what I'm sure everyone's thinking about. For instance, I think this... I think the mother-in-law could wear an invisible collar thing, you know, the invisible <laughs> fence thing, but the collar ankle bracelet maybe would work. So she gets a little gets shock every far, time. Yeah, she... gets too close. You know, right? To, uh, we right might there. make some money. That on could that. be a thing. I mean, yeah, they do it. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm gonna check Amazon <laughs> while you're talking. It's kind of like one of those uh, dolls. You know, they get a. You know, never mind. You know what I'm talking about. The those, dolls? Those, like voodoo dolls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she feels a <laughs> I'm sure that exists already. Don't know, the mother-in-law We're voodoo doll. totally off. Okay. Well, I don't think so. So she brings <laughs> up, our letter writer, that, for instance, that her mother-in-law constantly disciplines my kids in front of me. And that That's is common. super common. Yeah. Right. So, again, she's got to think about it. Well, how important is this? Is it really hurting the kids do they really care you know or is it that my pride yeah is it about my pride is it my sense of sovereignty the sovereignty thing comes up because i know as a as an in-law and as a grandfather you know it's like well this is my house and these are my rules yeah your house and your rules may be different yes and so you got to figure right. out we don't jump on the couch at yeah grandma's or, house or whatever right you know these yeah. types of things and so it's, it's, it's understanding between the adults and the kids what are the boundaries? boundaries. And yes. so that everybody's sovereignty yes. is uh, intact. Right. Yeah. So we're going to address these things hopefully ahead of time, but maybe we don't realize their issue until, no, until they it really happens. happens. Yeah, and exactly. then we're going to step back, not in the moment, maybe, certainly not in the heat of the moment, but we can come back later and say, I, you know, you, I, I saw that you were very unhappy when the kids were jumping on the couch. Is that a rule here? And if so, I will enforce it. Mm-hmm. Do you hear? Yeah. I will enforce it because here's how she could talk it through. She could say, as the children's parents, we take responsibility 
responsibility for their discipline and reserve that right. So if you feel like they're misbehaving, I'd appreciate it if you respected me as their mother by consulting privately with me about your concerns rather than disciplining them yourself. Uh, that sounds like it should be written down and handed to her in an envelope. It's the in-law bill of rights. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So true. I think it might be better. You could do that. If that's your, if that's your style, you could do that. That's a boundary kind mm-hmm, of conversation. Mm-hmm. But here's another way. This is the more Ramona way. I am so glad that the kids love to be with you and Grandpa. I appreciate that you're involved in their lives. That really means a lot to me. Thank you. And I want them to always be excited to see you and to be with you. So if you feel like they're misbehaving, please just let me know privately and I will take care of it. I don't mind being the bad guy. I believe that's my responsibility, not yours. (laughs) It's part of my job as their mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you hear how I put Everything in there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what I really like, which you do this real naturally, is how you start it. Ah, You start these kind of difficult conversations by understanding the other person, appreciating Mm -hmm. their situation, point of view, whatever. It's It's first respect. respect. But it it has such power to put things at ease. Mm-hmm. in a difficult conversation mm-hmm. rather than coming in and you did this and you right, told me blah, right. blah, 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 As blah. the children's parents. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I, Setting hierarchy I'm and I'm so like glad that. that the kids love to be with you and grandpa. I really appreciate they're involved in their lives. That means a lot to me. Thank you. And I want them to always be excited to see you and be with you. So if you feel that they're misbehaving, just please come to me personally and tell me and I'll take care of it. I don't mind I don't mind being the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, that's my responsibility. You're also in that approach create defining and and p- painting a picture of the future of how it can be. Ah, right? Yeah. We're, we're this is what we're working towards. Nice. This nice situation where we're all happy and together. Yes. Yes, um, there's a better way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we can do it. Right. Oh, so good. She also talked about the problem that her she feels like her mother-in-law mocks sacred things that she holds dear because she doesn't understand or respect her religion. Oh, that's wow. interesting. Wow. That's a big oh, wow, yeah. right? Yeah. So here's one way she could approach that. My religion is sacred and dear to me. Please don't make fun of what I believe and stand for. That's just straight out. And I'm not sure it would depend on her mother-in-law how that might turn mm, out. That yeah. could end up being a, her being yeah, offended right. and they, you know, they don't talk to each other for a while or the son gets an earful or who knows what. Here's a better way, I think. I sincerely appreciate all you do to include not just my husband, named insert name and my kids but me in the family and i just want you to know that really means a lot to me and i would love to get to know you and you get to know me even better so i'd be happy to share more about my personal faith my beliefs that you're probably not fully aware of or you don't fully understand if you're ever interested they're obviously very important even sacred to me and i really appreciate you respecting me by respecting my beliefs. Yeah, 
I mean, who can argue with that, really, if you take that approach? I'm sure there's somebody out there. She's, I can see her at home scribbling that down. Ramona, Ramona, <laughs> what was that? What was that middle mark? But that's, it's just a feeling. You know yeah. what? It's an approach. Like right. you say, it's all how you start it. And yeah. it's by acknowledging and res- their position and respecting it. And that's what I call the back door. And I don't mean in an underhanded mm. or manipulative way, a gentle way. Mm. A gentle way. Yeah, like, you're not like bashing we, through the front door. We here. let the people we love come in the back door. Yeah. Right? Well, we have, uh, we used to say we have three kinds of friends. Those that have to ring the doorbell uh, <laughs> and wait right. and wait right, for exactly. it to be opened. And then we have the people who uh, <laughs> knock first and right. then stick their head in and say, yeah. hey. hey you hope? Yeah. And then there's that group that just. Walks in. Oh, no, no, no. There's yeah. another group. There's a oh, fourth there's, group. Is there the fourth ones group? that come through the messy garage. Oh, there you go. <laughs> they <laughs> know right. their family. <laughs> they are part of the tribe. They have a code to the garage <laughs> know how to get in. Because I don't let nobody see my messy <laughs> no, garage, that's, right? That's, well, those are ways to talk through your boundaries. But you can show boundaries. And in some cases, that's more effective. For instance, if she's correcting the kids, you know, yeah. displaying the kids, you can just... Uh, Take the kids by the shoulder, by the hand, and say, kids, come on, we're going to go out for a bit. Mm. And just quietly exit the room immediately, even in the middle of what she just said or right after it, uh, where you can say, we're not staying, we're not, that's not acceptable. So you can show boundaries, but if you're going to do that, you have to have your big girl pants on and be really, really <laughs> consistent. But it's it's totally possible that way. All right. That is stage one. So stage one was finding some security and safety, building up our relationship with our husband, putting the priority on that. And also as needed and not too many, just maybe a handful of the most setting boundaries Mm -hmm. and those identifying lines of what's really important to you. And they better be a six, a seven, a seven through (laughs) 10. All right. Stage two is We want to elevate this relationship beyond just getting along politely. We want to start finding out more about this person and how are we ever going to love her otherwise. So we're going to find common ground and we're going to do it by doing. By doing. Take the ladies. We talk too much. We are Mm. so verbally oriented and that's where maybe some of your issues have come into play. It's the little snide remarks yeah, or right. that kind of thing. So we're not going to talk. Speak in my mind. We're not yeah, going right. to focus on talking. We're going to focus on doing. So let's go shopping together. Let's go do this together. Uh, uh, you know, something that when you're actually or playing a game, you know, the family's mm. playing a game together. We're going to talk about informational kind of stuff, not about personal and things. And it doesn't have to be and one-on-one. And we're one out and about doing. Necessarily. No, it could be in a group. could be in a family mm-hmm. setting. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, the, the higher order maybe is being able to go one-on-one. Right. Shopping, gardening, Right. So whatever. you might invite her to do something that you enjoy, or you might purposefully do something that she enjoys. Mm-hmm. Like you say, working in the garden. Hey, mom, can I help you in your garden mm-hmm. this weekend? Mm-hmm. Uh, or you got this painting project. Can I help you with that? So we're actually doing things together. This is how we find or develop or create or cultivate common ground. Yeah. And it lies, it lays down the groundwork for our next stage. Well, I I just want to say, I literally like this because too often these 
relationships and, and, you know, our impetus here is holidays and that's what kind of draws <laughs> right, right, right. forces so uh, we're talking the families it. to get together is, you know, you say, oh, I got to sit in the same room and, you know, we got to blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but I don't know. Yeah. I got to eat her food. Why do you and think I gotta, all those I, Monopoly I, games are for? <laughs> that's it. So, that yeah. game closet, we just cleaned ours out. That's it. So use these. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zillions of these games. opportunities to do things together to break that uncomfortableness about yes. being in the same so you room, can even. laugh together yeah. or you know it gives you something to focus on besides your differences of opinion yeah. your or, differences of personality yeah. whatever or laughing at each other oh. not not a good one but <laughs> laughing with each other okay good so stage two. that's stage two but we want to go even higher so now we're going to go into stage three which is enjoying that common ground by actually talking and now we're going to be able to start opening up, exposing ourselves, showing our hearts, graciously starting to receive her, um, honoring her life by letting her share her ideas or experience with us. That's one of the things that she really wants. And maybe one of the reasons that you, one of the things you interpret as being irritating, annoying, mm-hmm. or demeaning because she says, well, when I yeah. do this, she comes from another generation. Right. Always got a better way or Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Whatever. But she comes from another place. She comes right. from another family. She comes from another generation. And so it's probably unfair of her to uh, insinuate that you should be doing things a certain way or to be outright about it. Mm-hmm. But while well, she's really looking for us to be honored. So you can listen without feeling like you have to do what she's advising. That's right. Absolutely. If you just listen with respect, she will feel honored, whether you follow through with it or not. And you can say, thank you for sharing that. That means a lot to me. I'm going to, very interesting. You know, you don't have to say any judgment. You just say interesting. Right. Or just, I see how that served you or how that helped you or- I'm going to think about that. How you did that in the past or whatever. End it with that. Yeah. I'm going to think about that. Wow, I'm going to think about that. Thank you for sharing. I feel like I know you better, whatever. So we're going to honor her life by listening respectfully. And that's in stage three. That's in stage three. Let me give you an example of what happens when you do that. And here, here's the deal. <laughs> I thought a lot about this. When we get married... Um, we we were thinking about mothers in terms of the mother we grew up with, maybe, and how we had to be obedient mm-hmm. to that mother. Mm-hmm. And then we get, now we're adults, so we don't have to obey anymore. And it really translates into almost disregarding that parental figure. Oh, or discounting. Or discounting. All that had gone on. And there, that's not fair to jump from obeying to being completely discounting or disregarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's somewhere right. in between. This is the arc I'm trying to describe where you're honoring the person. You, and I, believe me, I love it when my daughter-in-laws want to listen to what I have to say. or And I don't really offer it anymore unless they ask me. If they ask me, I'll tell them. I've learned my lesson. But uh, but I really love it when they treat me like a sage, you know, and like they really appreciate. Because, listen, can I have some credit here? I raised that man they love. And I love it, too, when they tell me things about him that they love. 
I don't love it when they tell me things they don't love. Mm-hmm. I will not listen. Mm-hmm. Do not go to your mother-in-law with complaints about your husband. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. You're talking about her <laughs> little boy. Now, you think about your little boy. How would you feel? You would immediately get very defensive. So don't do that. But you're but they're, you're more than welcome. And they will just love you all the more if you'll talk about, you know... Our, your son, my husband, he's just doing amazing things at work. Have you mm-hmm. heard lately? I'm just really proud of him. Ah, you want to strengthen your relationship with your mother-in-law? That's a big one. That is a big one. Now, here's a story I want to share as we wrap things up here. Um, anybody can hear this story by going to TEDx, go online. And a wonderful woman named Jessie Kaur, K-A-U-R. I believe she is from India. I might be wrong, but that part of the world. And she talks about her relationship with her mother-in-law is getting off to a very rocky start. It was bad. She gives a lot of examples of the kind of things her mother said that really upset hurt her feelings. Make you feel good about your own relationship with your mother-in-law if you listen to that. But uh, her, her little boy, she had a little boy, one son. And as she's putting him to bed one night, he opened up and told her some things about how, how, including how much he loves her. That conversation carried her, his mother. Mm-hmm. The conversation carried into the next day when he said, Mommy, if anyone ever said anything bad about you, I would be mad. I would defend you. That little boy. Yeah, how old's the boy? Just a little He was kid. just a little guy. Yeah. And her eyes just went boing. And now she understood her husband and why mm. he defended his mother to her. Interesting, yeah. You think of a little boy's love for yeah. his mother. Yeah, had a lot more years with that person than with you. Ah. Uh, <laughs> and development. And if anyone says everything. anything bad about you, I yeah. would stand up. I would defend mm. him. I would be mad. Uh, so there's still a little bit of that little boy Mm -hmm. in all of our husbands, in our men. And so she realized that and she thought something has got to change. I have got to change. So she decided to start approaching with love instead of fear and of her mother-in-law. And she started repeating her to herself, this mantra, I love, I love mama. I love mama. This is her mother-in-law. I love mama. She would tell her that. And every time, I mean, to herself, every time they got together, she would continue to repeat that in her mind. I love mama. And she started by complimenting her mother-in-law on things that she really admired about her. And eventually her mother-in-law started complimenting her Mm. on things that she Mm -hmm. admired. And the wonder of wonder over time, the nitpicking that had just driven her crazy, the nitpicking stopped and mother's loud voice, she had a very loud voice, quieted down and calmed down. And to the point that when she and her mother-in-law would start having any kind of altercation in any degree, her husband would step in and say, oh, now listen, you two, or whatever. And the mother-in-law would turn to the son, her own son, and say, this is between me and my daughter. <laughs> she she take The relationship had progressed yeah. to that point, And they stopped making him the referee. And then the speaker, uh, Jesse, is saying that 
eventually she started to feel something, quote unquote, akin to love with her Mm. mother-in-law. And that just started to flow between them until one day her mother-in-law, short, not not long before her death, actually, took her daughter-in-law's hands and said, I have two sons and I've always wanted a daughter. And now I have one. And when she did die, Jessie said that she felt like she had lost her mother. Mm. And the moral of the story, as told, she tells us her own moral, which is you have to go into that relationship with the intention to make it work and remain consistent and persistent. And then learn to replace judgment with empathy. I hope we've done that a little bit today. And to respect her, to respect your mother-in-law, because that is the foundation of all loving relationships. Absolutely, for respect. Wow, that, that I, so many things about that I like, but, uh, but especially, and I think one of the things that we kind of touch on a lot is how you start, how you start things, this intention you know, I love mama. I love mama. Yes. You know, I saw you do this with my own mother. Um, that, yeah. You know, that we were very young. Uh, I mm. was the baby, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was threatened by her. Yeah. And she was the least threatening person in the world. <laughs> That's very true. She was so loving, so gentle, yeah. so kind, and Eve, and the steady as she goes, not yeah. moody. There was nothing to fear. And yet, I really struggled in the first several years of our marriage, really being willing to open my heart to my mother-in-law. I eventually was able to do that through these same steps, mm-hmm. everything we've talked about today. And I... It, she became my mentor. Can you hear the emotion in my voice? She became my beloved mother Well, you were to her. I know I was. Yeah. Um, so that in our, she taught me everything. She taught me so much, so much of what I teach today came from your mother. I wish she was here to see it. At, on, literally on her deathbed, she had had a stroke and everyone else went home from the hospital, mm-hmm. and I would not leave her, just like biblical Esther and Ruth. I wouldn't leave her. And she, my I love you, mother, was the last thing she heard before she passed away, and I was holding her hand. Um, I'm sorry to share such a personal thing and get emotional about it, but this is what is possible even with a very difficult personality, as proven by this beautiful story, I encourage everyone to go listen to it. Jesse K-A-U-R, TEDx, online. So this relationship with our mother-in-law, it's complicated. It's going to evolve over a long period of time, but the investment is worth it. It has to be one of the things that you invest the most in. Because it is that serious and important to the full relationship. Thanks for listening to the Wife Savers Podcast. Be sure to rank us on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're still thinking about what to get for yourself or someone else in your life, here are two thoughts. 
Wife for Life, The Power to Succeed in Marriage. Ramona's award-winning book available on Amazon as a paperback, Kindle, or audiobook. And Wife Savers Membership. You can join women from around the world being more personally mentored by Ramona. Learn more at wifesavers.org. Home is with you.